She's Amy Oust. He's Scotty Kipper. Welcome to the show. I am very excited for this week's guest. I know you are. So uh, we do need to mention that these guys are going to be performing at the CCMAs September 27th, and they are nominated for three awards. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. They've got a brand new single, too. It's called Hard Dirt. Yes, and they have been busy uh, because when they are not on the road, they are uh, farming and they have been busy with harvest season. Indeed, it is that time in Saskatchewan. Let's say hello to Ty Hunter of the Hunter Brothers. Dude, welcome to the show. Hey, what's happening? Hey! Hey! With you guys today, this is so exciting. How's life in Saskatchewan? Saskatchewan, it's flat, dry, and hot, but it's great. I mean, we're right in the midst of harvest season and trying to get the crop off, so it's been it's been a good time. Busy bunch of boys. Always. <laughs> Never a dull moment in the Hunter household. You guys were recently in a, closer to our neck of the woods in Hawkstone for the Backyard event, and I was hoping to be able to go, but it sold out in a hot minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was actually so good to be playing live music again, even just in a backyard. It was a beautiful setting right on the lake. And I think it's just been months and months of months of pent up energy. Um, I've been waiting to perform for so long, like it's leaked out in my tractor cab and other places. Um and if I had a GoPro on me, I think it might be rather embarrassing at times, um, just because you gotta you gotta let that performance bone shine at some point. And so it felt really good. I think that that's kind of the uh, and Scotty, you can attest to this because you're a musician as well. Being able to um, play in front of uh, a live crowd again, it's you know it just fulfills you, right? You just get you you get filled up again from what was lacking for the past six months. Oh, 100%. Yeah, there's there's nothing like it. And when you feel like that's what you've been created to do, um, it really feels like, you know, a piece of your identity has been stripped away for a period of time. Because for so many summers now, well, actually, as long as I can remember, every summer of my life has been spent performing. And so to just all of a sudden not have any of that, just, you know, stone cold, um, it does feel like um, a piece of you is stripped back. And so it causes a lot of room for self-reflection and then when you do have the time to perform again it's um it's definitely exhilarating so when that piece of you is stripped back ty what takes its place so you've got six months now where you've got you know that your normal routine is not part of your normal routine so what are you doing with that time are you writing are you thinking ahead to the next record what's uh, what's going on in your head yeah i mean i think one of the first things that comes to mind is being able to spend some solid family time has been incredible for all of us uh, when you're on the road every summer there's a lot of time that you spend away from your families and um, they do sacrifice a lot for us to be able to do this career and so being able to have that time has definitely been an upside i think for everybody um, I think it causes you to just um, take a step back and um, challenge your own heart in a number of ways. And I think that's relevant for everybody in this season. Like I said, there's a lot of self-reflection going on because of, um, you know, world events, because of everything that's happening. And so I think your writing becomes a lot more personal. Your assessment of what you're putting your hands to is really intentional. And so I think it's just this big evaluation that happens. For me personally, I've been um, investing um, in the community community in different ways um, that I haven't been able to in the past years. Um, obviously, it's looked different with COVID and, and everything, but I think uh, checking in with your local community in a number of ways um, has been really, really great.
great. Um, and then, yeah, we've been recording new music. We've been writing. Uh, you can't stay stagnant. This is the time for artists to come mm -hmm. alive. And I think we're going to see some of the um, some really exciting music um, come out in 2021. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you mentioned investing in your community. What does that look like for you guys? Well, I mean, we've always wanted to be invested in our in our local community as much as possible. You know, the the farming side of things has remained somewhat the same um, because uh, basically we've been self isolating in our tractor cabs for quite a few months now. Um, but that side of things has stayed somewhat consistent. But um, just being able to connect. Um, like the last little while, I've been having some meetings with um, the, the team at our local museum and just um, connecting, um, just being able to connect in ways um, specifically with the art, the artistic communi community, sorry, um, and just pressing into ways that we can we can help on a number of fronts. It's just there's there's a lot of development happening right now because of the shifts in times that we're in. My wife opened up a local coffee shop and we closed during COVID and we're looking to reopen in October. And that's been a space where we've been able to really, you know, connect um, communally with the, with the people around us. And so we're looking to relaunch that. And so there's a, a number of really exciting endeavors coming down the pipe. I think that's super cool, by the way, but the, the coffee house thing. Your wife's name is Lizzie, right? That's correct. Yeah. So how long has that coffee shop been open? Because we want to also draw awareness to local communities. So people who are hearing this podcast, let's give a little bit of a, a drop to uh, this coffee shop that's going to be reopening for people who might be in the area. It's called Meeting Grounds Coffee House, and it was started two and a half years ago, 2017. My wife had a dream to really connect specifically with young moms in the community just to give them a space to go to take their kids and just get out of the craziness for a period of time, get out of their houses, just a space to connect. And it's evolved to a space where, you know, lots of people find themselves meeting and we've heard people say, oh, like I'll, I'll run into somebody that I haven't talked to in such a long time there. And it's become a place that community has really been able to thrive. And obviously that's really difficult and challenging through seasons like COVID, but I think it makes you anticipate and be excited for reopening of places and spaces like that in the future um, because it is a gathering place. And I think um, right now more than ever, people are looking to how can we connect in our communities and, and support each other in ways that we maybe haven't seen because we've been going so quickly. What are spaces and areas that we need to invest more of our time and resources into? And how do we be there truly for each other in this next season of life? Because we need to look to the person to the right and left of us and and support one another and, and learn how we can lean on each other. And I think that's been the philosophy of us as a group too, as the Hunter brothers. It's when we look to the left and right, we have our brothers standing on stage and we're, we're all different personalities. We're different. We come from the same family, but it's uh, at the same time taking those differences and saying, how can we apply these in ways that are ultimately going to make us stronger? So I think that is a little bit of a reflection of the community as well that are around each of us. Um, everybody has something to offer and has a place at the table. And how do we support one another? And you obviously carry that um, that mentality through it, it, not just in your music, but as a band in general. I mean, I've been to several of your shows and it's just overwhelmingly positive and awesome and it's really great that you know you're you're walking that walk and making people just ultimately feel good when they come out and hear your music well thank you amy no that, that means a lot and that's definitely a goal for us is that people would 
walk away from our shows feeling inspired, that they'd feel unified, that they would feel closer to their loved ones. And yeah, we just like to have a lot of fun. It's something we enjoy doing more than almost anything. And so to be able to share that with other people is, uh, you know, it's a gift that we don't take for granted. And especially in seasons like now, you see how important and how integral um, the arts and um, live music is and, and how that impacts people. Have you guys been able to play a lot together during COVID? Are you bubbled or? We've been able to rehearse together. So we have our rehearsal space. Um, we have this little shop down on our, our homestead farm that was originally a mechanic shop. And we converted it to our music space where we now have a studio. We have a stage. And so we spend a lot of time writing and planning and rehearsing in that space. So that's been definitely vital in a time like now. I've seen a couple of videos of your silo sessions. You got to tell me whose idea was that because it is so good. Who knew the acoustics would be like amazing? Well, I guess I guess that is a given. I'm not yeah, a musician, right, right. but but I mean, whose idea was that to come up with a video like that? Because when everybody was locked down, it like was uh, a real breath of fresh air to uh, to see these videos from you guys. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, that was something that we did as, you know, you, you do that as kids growing up. I mean, I was singing in the back of grain trucks. I was singing in silos. I was singing, you know, wherever it was. And so, um, you know, you might you go from shoveling a bin to singing um, <laughs> it's just been like <laughs> a natural um, chain of events in the in the Hunter family. So um, I always remember I used to um, pretend like I was performing on stages and I would be standing in a bed of lentils with grasshoppers listening to me. And it was like, <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> this is where the the launch pad is. A better term. And so I think it was just taking those experiences and applying them all together with songs now that we've recorded and going, hey, what's a different way that we can put a spin on these songs that is definitely um you know exclusive to the hunter brothers and that's singing them in a granary because that's where we grew up and the acoustics in there when you stand right in the center it's interesting because where you stand in the bin does shape how the sound is and when you're right in the center it seems to be the sweet spot um where you get that echo and it just uh it translates in a really unique way so yeah it's just something that we talked about and decided to do and we said well why don't we just do that for a lot of the songs and the singles that we release because it gives a different perspective well it's cool too because it weaves the identity of hunter brothers offstage into the right into the overall identity of the artist and that's really cool for me too right because you you grew up on the farm farm life is farm life uh but when you can weave that back into the product i think that's really special oh thank you yeah it's totally it's where we were you know born and raised and that was that song was even a pivotal moment for us in the career because it spoke to where we were from and i remember actually doing that song um that may have even actually been the first silo session we released we went and we did it in an old little white church and there's a line in the song that says white church and it's it's literally down the way here and we sat and we sang it there and then we went to the grain bin it was freezing cold um because it gets to be like minus 40 in saskatchewan (laughs) so it was frigid but we went into the middle of the bin and sang that song and it was really cool to sing those lyrics in spaces that we grew up in so i think uh you know that was a good um point for us to realize let's let's keep this going and move this forward because um it does speak to who we are and where we've come from we should also mention that uh, that tune born and raised it was selected as the official anthem for the 2018 world junior hockey tournament which is pretty rad considering you guys uh all uh, did all five of you play hockey 
Oh yeah, we got a whole line, Amy. We got three forwards Man. and two defensemen. <laughs> it's actually really crazy. Uh, we've talked about this, just the way that things landed. You know, we all played different instruments. We started on piano, but then branched out, and nobody had to arm wrestle any other brother to get to the instrument they wanted to play. So formed the group. Everybody wound up with different vocal registers. Brock sings in the basement, and Dusty sings the high harmony, and everybody else is in between. And then on the hockey front, three of the guys gravitated to the forward positions and two of us to defensemen so we had a full line so like everything we do it just seems to like naturally fall in place where there's like a whole lineup but everybody has their own kind of space within that context did you guys so, ever yeah, fight about anything uh, oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> you don't spend this much time together without uh, having your share of differences but uh, we do get along and we love each other a lot so um, yeah it's we, we all played hockey though that was what life consisted of it was farming in the spring and in harvest time in the summertime we would congregate and go and sing festivals in western canada as a family growing up and then in the winter time uh, everybody would play hockey so that kind of took everybody to different levels and jj um he got to the highest level he was playing exhibition games for the edmonton oilers um at one point in his career and then everybody got uh some form of injury at some point <laughs> and that took us all back to the farm so, <laughs> all five of us there were two eye injuries there was a separated shoulder there were multiple concussions you can probably guess which brother that was <laughs> and then i broke my femur so there you go your wow. poor mother <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she spent a lot of time praying for us, that's for sure. <laughs> no kidding. I mean, I just, I I was uh, kind of mouthing to Scotty while you were talking about this. I'm like, who does this happen to that you all are, you know, equally talented and uh, multifaceted all in the same family? Because you know what? I've, I've said this. I've interviewed different um, family groups before, uh, whether it just be, for instance, say Small Town Pistols, right? Totally. Uh, you, you interview and you say, are the harmonies better because you're related? And I think that there's got to be something to it because you guys just sound so amazing. It's got to be something in the genetics. <laughs> Well, thank you. I I think it's it's so weird because we when we've gone and done recordings, if you just pitch shift like one of the brothers' harmonies up, it is actually crazy how much one sounds like the other. So there is definitely something to I think the the gene pool and family harmonies. You just uh, there is a connection there, no doubt about it. And that translates to on stage too. I remember seeing you guys for the first time at uh, at the CCMAs when you played the awards lunch. And I just remember being blown away. But but further than that, though, when you guys showed up to play at the Olay party that year and busted out the disco grooves, it was like, <laughs> holy smokes, man, where did these guys come from? <laughs> I don't know. Still trying to figure that out. Um <laughs> Yeah, that, uh, that party was actually so much fun. We have such fond memories of that. We grew up listening to music like the Jackson 5, for instance. Our, our dad would play us, you know, the Jackson 5. He loved, like, Chicago and Blood, mm -hmm. Sweat, and Tears. And I ended up falling in love probably the most with Motown and R&B. And, and then I always remember trying to emulate Little Michael singing, um, you know. And, and, <laughs> and it, was, it was in the stratosphere, let me tell you. But, um, you know... I'm very grateful to our parents for that intentionality because they showed us groups and, and different styles of music right from a young age. And they took us, you know, they would drive us an hour away to, to have piano lessons and our mom would sit with us and have, have us learn our notes. And, and, you know, it was just something that we, we talked about now. 
our grandfather, he, he told us, um, he's, he's now passed away, but he said to us, boys, one day you're going to have to hang up the skates, but music is going to last a lifetime. Right. And we watched him play his saxophone and his piano, um, just days, uh, and weeks before he passed away. And so we got to see that legacy lived out in front of us. And so we're just grateful that that was passed down and that our parents um, definitely were intentional with us as kids growing up. Well, it's cool that you can carry that torch forward, Mm -hmm. too. Definitely. Well, I mean, you talked about um, having all boys and our poor mother. Now she's got all these granddaughters because apparently the the switch flips, Amy, and now the ladies are in the forefront. Like they are running with this lead. So, so um, mom's got all of her girls now. So we're what about fifteen years out from a Hunter Sisters record? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> cousins. I mean, I don't want to put any pressure on them. But, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, they already have. They already have their their spots where it's like I'm Uncle Ty and I'm Uncle JJ, and they're like they pretend to to play the instruments and everything. So, but it's actually really funny because the Hunter brothers and their uncles all have separate identities. When they refer to the Hunter brothers, it's the Hunter brothers, but then there's Uncle JJ, Uncle yeah. Ty. Um, so they do separate it in their own mind, which is probably a good thing. So you've got little ones. Uh, who would you say your your uh, little ones would think was the most fun uncle oh don't don't play that game with me (laughs) 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 so all my brothers listening right now um (laughs) i can't i I think uh i think they all you know they look to their uncles for um different things yeah and i think that's that's something that's cool um i mean brock's brock's obviously that crazy adventurous uncle um, you know, Luke is Luke and Dusty are both steady Eddies, and um, JJ's kind of like that that elder brother that looks out for everybody and makes sure that you know everything is going in the right direction. So, um, but all of them are fun. I mean, they're they're incredible uncles and and they're they're wise, incredible aunties to the to the kiddos. So. Let's back it up for a second. Let's uh, switch gears here. So, um, (laughs) Five Brothers, how did the Hunter Brothers come to be musically? Like, how did you figure out that you all could sing, wanted to sing, and do this professionally? Yeah, well, I mean, I literally was born into it. I'm 27 years old, and as far back as I can remember, we were singing on stage as a family. It wasn't something where we set out and said, hey, let's be a singing group. It was something that just kind of organically happened where my parents and JJ and Dusty, I think at the time, were asked to do some local festivals. We have one local festival that had started up, I think it was about... Mm, yeah 20 20 some years ago and they had asked our family to to sing at a local function and so that branched off into a number of other functions where there were different organizations that said hey would you guys sing for this and would you sing for this and so pretty soon our parents found themselves in a position where we were traveling every weekend in the summertime and it just so happened that everybody was able to sing and I, I kind of alluded to this already but our mom sat with us and taught us our notes and taught us the harmonies and they took us to music lessons and they started us off in piano and then everybody branched off into different instruments. And it was one of those really interesting circumstances where everybody was able to sing because that isn't the case in every family. Mm, for sure. um, and so, yeah, that was a little bit unique, but we just kept getting asked to different functions. And so we were probably traveling to eight to 10 festivals across Western Canada, a little bit into the States, right from young, right from little. So I remember performing and making faces at people when I didn't have a mic in my hands. You know, I was, you know, <laughs> sitting in the back, like there's video footage of actually mom pregnant with me on stage 
Um, and so when I say I was born into it, like that literally was the case. And then it just continued to evolve more and more. And it hit a point where we obviously, we kind of branched off and weren't singing with our parents anymore. And we were just trying to figure out what our identity was musically. So we transferred through a few different genres, experimented a bit and eventually landed in country music. And that was just, it was like the light bulb went on. We went, this is where the Hunter Brothers most fit. And we found the sound, we found the the placement for where we needed to be. And then in the last five years, it kind of took off more on a professional front instead of just doing it in the summertime. So when you guys were kids and you were doing those shows, what type of music were you playing? We were playing gospel music, and so it was harmony-based, and that's where a lot of the harmonies come from, because in gospel music, there's there's many parts that you have to navigate, and a lot of it is it's vocal-based, but that was very much transferable to country music, and what was interesting is we listened to our one country station growing up here as kids, and we only had one station, and it was a country station. So we were growing up listening to, you know, the Diamond Rios and the Blackhawks and the Little Big Towns. And eventually that was Rascal Flats. And they were a lot of the harmony based mm-hmm. vocal groups. And so then I think that also shaped our sound and contributed to who we are today musically. Right. So, OK, so you got gospel, you got Motown <laughs> and you've got a country station. Were you guys naturally drawn to country or was that something that kind of happened over time? I think everybody just we grew up listening to it. And I think we realized this is this is our story in so many ways. Like when when you sing about a grid road or a dirt road, it's not just a dirt road. It's the one that's a mile away from me right, right. now that I'm looking in that direction. Right. Like you remember the encounters you had there. Mm-hmm. And so the, the storytelling aspect of it really speaks to the essence of who you are. So I think there's that side of it. There's the lyrical side. There's what you grew up listening to. And then musically, it does lend itself to being able to to sing harmony and be a be a group in. Not that you, you can have that in multiple genres, but I think it just checked all the boxes. Well, when you listen to songs like, for instance, uh, your latest single, Hard Dirt, too, right? It's got uh, some nuances from your farming life. It's, you know, and it's also topical about enduring tough times, things like that. And so that uh, tells a story, too, right? We always say country music, three chords in the truth. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, and that that song, what's crazy about Hard Dirt is we knew that was going to be the next single. But we when we were down in Nashville the last time we were it was February of this year. And so we had planned, OK, Hard Dirt's going to be the next single, but we weren't going to record it when we were in Nashville at the time. And on a whim, we said, let's just get that done. Let's record it. Let's get it done and, you know, get it ready. We know it's going to be the next single. And so we recorded it headed home and that's when the nashville tornado touched down and when COVID unleashed into the world and it just really affirmed that it, it needed to be the next single because of the message and a huge part of it was we said you know we didn't yes there's the struggle and that struggle ultimately makes us stronger but we really wanted to emphasize the hope that exists on the other side because we need to continue to look forward to the future and to to have hope for the future while letting the current struggle shape who we're becoming are you guys writing together? Are you writing with other people? Yeah, I think what's really interesting about that is it's a continuous evolution of figuring out how that looks. When you have five people in the band, everybody writes a little bit differently. Sometimes it's given us the opportunity to go to multiple writing rooms the same day. So the last time we were in Nashville, for instance, we had three different writing sessions all happening at the same time. Two brothers in one, two brothers in another, one in another one. So I think finding those creative collaborators is 
continuously a process. You're um, meeting new people. Sometimes all five of you are in the room. Sometimes one of you are in the room. And it really changes the complexion of it based off of who's there at the time. Sometimes it takes a more personal complexion if it's just one brother. And then sometimes it's more of like an anthemic um, group type writing session when all of us are in the room. So I think it's just been a process of figuring that out. And each song is a little bit different. Any favorite writers at this point? Oh, man, there's there's been so many incredible writers. I um, one that comes to the forefront um, is uh, Victoria Banks. Uh, we wrote. Ooh, yeah. Just, um, yeah, she's uh, it's it's like we were just able to to connect on a lot of different levels right away. And when we wrote, I uh, just wanted you to know, which we weren't even planning on releasing and at least initially. And that was right before we headed home as well. We wrote that with Victoria and the magic just kind of came together in the room. And so we appreciate her on so many levels. That's one of the first people that comes to mind, but there's, there's a lot of great, great writers out there. Cool. And let's talk about production then for a second. Uh, are you guys self-producing? Do you have a producer in Nashville? How's that working out for you guys? Yeah, I mean, that's also changed uh, as the career has moved forward. We've worked with different producers. Our last record was produced by Seth Mosley and X O'Connor. Brad Rempel from High Valley had some input on it as well. This last single, we uh, actually had a different production angle um, where we were very, very fortunate to work with uh, Hunter Hayes um, on Hard Dirt. And that was a really, really incredible connection. Um, and so that was a lot of fun. It had its own production experience. Um, and we also have our recording studio at home here. And so we um, we recorded different things at our studio here. And with COVID happening, um, that's become more and more of the norm where we're recording a lot of stuff here, whether it be remotely with other people weighing in their input or just us recording stuff here. So it just totally depends on the song. And I think you need to find the direction that a song is going to take and then work from there. Right. And now are you, are you guys playing on your own records or uh, are you hiring the Nashville guys doing the tracking and then dubbing up here? Yeah, so we've done both. We've um, hired out the Nashville musicians, um, and then there's stuff that we've played on as well. So again, I think it just depends on the project that you're um, that you're working on at the time. And I think it's it's always exciting um, in seasons like this to be able to tap into being able to do a bunch of stuff remotely and and locally. So it's it's really interesting how things are changing right now on a production front, but um, it's a lot of fun for sure. Speaking of, you know, things having to be a little bit uh, different this year, of course, let's talk about the CCMAs. Uh, you guys are up for three of them this year and you are performing. And I did know that a lot of the uh, the performances were coming from when you were here at um, Burles Creek recently, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that was kind of funny because people were wondering, like, so you haven't done a show in a while and then you release a show in Hawkstone. Like, what's going on? Like, are you going to do a show in Saskatchewan? Like, and we were at that time, we couldn't say why we were in Ontario. So um, <laughs> that was uh, when we had actually recorded uh, the performance for the CCMAs. And so at Burles Creek, it was a very different experience, obviously, for CCMAs. I mean, they would be going on right now, actually. And so it's, it's, it was a very different experience. But uh, we definitely appreciated everybody who 
has come together to make the the virtual awards show happen. I know there's been a lot of hoops to jump through, and there's been a lot of work that's been put into it. Um, we're just very grateful that we can be part of it, uh, even in the midst of uh, circumstances that are less than ideal for an awards show. We definitely want to give a shout-out to Corey Kelly and Tour Bus Productions for having you in Hawkstone, even though it might have seemed kind of random to a lot of, <laughs> a lot yeah. of your other fans. But the people who uh, were able to go were definitely grateful for that I know uh, a couple of people who went and they just said it was uh, so fulfilling to be able to see some live music so that's pretty cool and I'm super stoked for the CCMA September 27th so how will you be alerted if you win how does that work have they told you how that's gonna go down that's a great question. I actually have no idea as of right now. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we, we actually aren't totally sure how everything's going to pan out. I'm sure we'll be receiving those details shortly. Um, it'll all be looked after and taken care of. I mean, we still got a few weeks to go before the the broadcast um, is aired on Global. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a really different show, but I think really exciting nonetheless. There's performances streamed from Nashville and from Ontario, so lots to look forward to. Can't wait. It's so weird to not be with our country country music family this time of year isn't it i was looking back uh, on my uh, my facebook memories and i was seeing you know from the oh. p- previous years all of you know going to the award show or being on the uh, john deere green carpet things like that and not yeah. having that this year and i'm like <laughs> oh i'm sitting here in my hoodie and my toque feeling sad yeah exactly <laughs> i'm like when i look at those like i don't know whether to smile or cry right now i know i know you know all those memories are popping up and it's just uh, obviously a different year but i mean hey it's it's cool to reflect on those experiences that you've had up to this point too. totally so, totally yeah yeah i'm missing my jojo mason hugs and i'm missing uh <laughs> doing power ranger moves with west mac <laughs> <laughs> Jojo, Jojo Mason hugs are some of the best hugs in the world. Aren't they? I fully agree with you. Yes. Love it. Hey, Ty, we've got a, a segment on the show called Turn Us On, and this is where we get you to turn us on to something that you've recently discovered that you just can't live without. Whether wow. it be uh, a, a movie you've watched, a documentary, um, a song that you've heard, a new artist, a book you're reading, or a recipe that you and uh, your wife have tried, anything like that, so let us know about it. Wow. Okay. Um, so can I, there's multiple things. Do I'm like, it. Just like you gave me so much to work with there. But um, actually, you know what we've, we've discovered recently is um, good food boxes are incredible. We actually have utilized those during this time where they ship it right to your door and it gives you lots of different cultural foods that you can try. And so that's actually been definitely a thing. So that's been cool. There's a movie by the name of Just Mercy, which I think is very relevant for right now that I absolutely fell in love with. I don't know if it's on Netflix as of yet or not, but uh, that's the movie that, that hits me right away. And uh, the other thing that I discovered, so this is more something that we a tradition now if you could call it that we created in our household was we started doing disney movies in 45 seconds or less yes so basically what you <laughs> tell me everything so this became like a quarantine project where it was like okay so we love disney plus i'm a disney nut so like, am i i love love disney and so we have all these random costumes in a tickle trunk like it's actually kind of crazy i'm like where did all these come from but we um we started doing this thing where you have to recreate an entire movie in 45 seconds or less and then make a video out of it. So The Lion King was done. Aladdin was done. There's one in the future that I was uh, 
up thinking of doing. And this became kind of this project that evolved into whole family events where we decided, okay, let's watch a movie in the evening and do a craft that, um, you know, applies to the movie itself. Like for Tarzan, we hung vines from the roof and had a picnic lunch and <laughs> so created amazing. the vines at craft time. This, this has become a whole evolution of events. So yeah, that's, that's what comes to mind. Okay. I too am a giant Disney nerd. <laughs> So he got, his eyes got giant when oh, you yeah. started talking about this. So we're hijacking the rest of the show, and we're going to talk about <laughs> Disney. So normally we would move on from Turn Us On to uh, a segment we call Five Questions. And I'm sure that Amy has five questions written out, and they're lovely, but we're scrapping it. Now we're doing <laughs> f- Five Questions Disney Edition, okay? Nice. Question so number one. Disney. Your okay. favorite Disney movie is what? The Lion King. Okay. Favorite Disney song can you feel the love tonight? Uh, okay. <laughs> I literally was just singing it at the top of my lungs with my girl on the tractor cab before I came to do this interview. Okay. No joke. And the last question is a three-part question, uh, okay. and it has to do with Disney characters. Number one, who is your favorite Disney hero? Ooh, favorite Disney hero. Dang, that's a big one. <sighs> Okay, um, can I pass to question number two so I can think about that? Yep. Favorite Disney villain? Um, Jafar. Ah, I, knew, you know, I had a okay. feeling you were going to say you were a Jafar dude. Okay, all right. What? He was pretty <laughs> Why? sinister. What's, what's I don't know. you as Jafar? I don't know. Pie? I'm actually really, my, my, my curiosity is peaked. I don't know. I Well, be, he's quite sinister, so it's like, I don't know. If There's it's nothing the, sinister about Ty, though. No, no, no. But be like, if like for as far as villains go, with the spindly fingers and that, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. It's nothing against Ty. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. I can't grow as good of a goatee as him. But I, try. <laughs> I try really hard on the facial hair front, but it's just never worked for me. So I, good. Okay, what's your part three? The third part is your favorite Disney buddy character. Oh man, I I feel like I'm being redundant here, but I love the genie. Oh so, yeah, man. Um, like literally, when you the the favorite song. So, can you feel the love tonight? Is the sentiment? I don't know what happens with me in that song, but for some reason, I well up. I'm like, why am I welling up to this? Like, there's some connection there I have to it. But the other, like the up tempo song, I love is "Friend Like Me," and I can do so basically good. all the words to that. Um, <laughs> and so, the genie, Robin Williams. I mean, you cannot go wrong with the genie. I like so, Sebastian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was also singing Under the Sea with Lucy today on the tractor. I actually, when I play live, I play Kiss the Girl from Little Mermaid. Yep. Yep. That was also playing today on the the Spotify and uh, the tractor cab. We have so So, much in common, Ty Hunter. It's crazy. Okay, so we're coming back to number one now, though. I really am feeling the love and the connection with you today, like on a whole new level. So so we're not letting you off the hook. I knew you were going to say that, too. (laughs) That was easy, Pickens. (laughs) It was just just right there. It Uh, was right there. we're, We're not letting you off the hook on the Disney hero, though. Disney hero, man, like, again, I feel like I'm being redundant because I I love The Lion King and Aladdin so much. Like, they are just, like, my go-tos, even though there's a whole other world of Disney out there. I recognize that. But, like, Mufasa, like, when he... When he passes away in the movie, like I can't, I can't handle it. I know like, the way that he looks out for for Simba and like teaches him like like everything the light touches and all those lines. Like it's like I don't know. There's something about him. He's definitely a hero for me. Do you want? Do you want to know another note? Um, the, you know the fox and the hound. Yes. Yeah. 
the moment where she drops the fox off, like at the house, like that forest scene is like one of the most depressing things ever. Yeah. But it's also like got like some sort of attachment to me that I'm still trying to like live through. So um, I don't know why that all, just... all of a sudden came out. You know what's no great too? Relevance to anything. Uh, with Fox and the Hound, uh, Pearl Bailey's version of uh, Best of Friends. Remember that song? Oh, yeah. Oh, you got it's it. just so good. <laughs> so good. And Angela oh, Lansbury. Oh, Angela Lansbury just owns my heart. <laughs> oh. All right, you two. Oh. Ty Hunter, thank you so much for joining us on the show this week. This was a ton of fun, and we are super stoked to see your performance at the CCMA's. Best of luck on your uh, nominations as well. And we are uh, super stoked to see what is uh, next for you guys. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for taking the time today. Um, we really appreciate all that you do to amplify musicians, especially in this time and the Canadian country music scene as a whole. We really, really appreciate your support and wish you all the best in this next season as well. And um, just thanks to everybody who's listening as well. This has been a lot of fun. So thank you. Thank you so much, friend. Have a uh, great rest of your day. Absolutely. You guys as well. Thanks for being so intentional with your question. Um, take care. Well, well, yeah, with the Disney questions. I, I got to I got to really come alive inside there. For Me too. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you on social media, pal. Sounds good. Thanks, dude. Beautiful. Appreciate you. Thank ya. you so much. See ya. Appreciate you both. And we'll uh, talk soon. Uh, thanks so much, Ty, for speaking with us. That was an awesome chat. I love talking about Disney with these dudes. I was just going to say, you got really excited at the end there. My you, eyes probably bugged out of my head, huh? You even nixed our five questions. You totally took it over. Well, <laughs> I mean, he said the magic word. What am I supposed to do? That's fine. Disney trumps everything. <laughs> That's totally right. Ty, thanks for taking the time, dude. Good luck with the rest of the harvest and uh, give our best to the rest of the family. Family too. Let's talk about socials. Let's do it. We are at the show on the go. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. And of course, you can find us on Twitter as well. And of course, uh, season three of the show is dressed in unison blue. And uh, if you would like to make a donation to the Unison Benevolent Fund, you can do that by opening up your text message app on your phone. Text the word unison to 45678 and follow the prompts from there. He's Scotty Kipfer. She's Amy Oust. Welcome to the show.